Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 255 of the Motorcycle Men podcast and another wonderful interview episode for your ears. Hey, listen, before we begin, the Motorcycle Men podcast is brought to you by Scorpion Helmets. They've been dedicated to offering high-quality, innovative motorcycle helmets for and technical apparel at an incredible value. So to learn more, you go to scorpionusa.com. And of course, regardless of what type of bike you ride, when it's time for tires for your bike, you want to think of Shinko. That's right. Go to shinkotireusa.com. Make sure you tell them the motorcycle men sent you. And wild ass seats. Why ride in pain when you can ride in absolute comfort with the help of a wild ass seat cushion? Your back will thank you and you'll enjoy a mile after a mile of cruising comfort with no, no matter what type of motorcycle you ride. So get on over to wild-ass.com and order today. That's wild-ass.com and order today. Make sure you tell them that the Motorcycle Men sent you. All right. Hey, the Motorcycle Men is supporting David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. If you would like to help out and be a part of something that actually makes a difference, donate today to David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. Go to davidsdreamandbelieve.org to donate. Links will also be in the show notes. And, of course, the Gold Star Ride Foundation, helping families of fallen soldiers and making a difference in the lives of those left behind. If you'd like to be a part of a great cause and get some heartfelt miles in, go to goldstarride.org and learn how you can participate in the next Gold Star Ride. Time now for a word from our sponsors over at Tobacco Motorwear. Now, tobacco, as you know, is made, known for making the best-looking riding jeans in the world. That's because they start with premium fabrics like selvage denim and canvas, and then they add those protective elements like comfortable anti-abrasion linings or armor. Now, Tobacco Motorwear makes jackets, vests, and riding shirts, and you've heard me say it before, I love my California riding shirt and my tobacco riding jeans. I wear them on every ride. I just want to ride without them. Not only that, nearly every time I wear them, somebody asks me about them because they are so good looking. They also try out their new Roper gloves, by the way. Breathable soft leather and the most comfortable gloves you'll ever wear. And for added protection, check out their new Wasteland vest. Plenty of pockets and armor and a great addition to wear with your California riding shirt or under your leather jacket on those slightly chilly days. No need to sacrifice style for safety, so go check out TobaccoMotorWear.com. That's TobaccoMotorWear.com, and our listeners get 10% off your order when you use that code MOTOMEN when ordering. So go check them out. It's good stuff. All right, now, as you know, I am a huge fan of riders who use the most inappropriate bike for the task at hand. Be it a Triumph Bonneville or a Sportster doing the job of a Scrambler or a Scooter doing the job that is best suited to being done by a big adventure bike. These are my people. Those are the ones who are brave and daring enough to say, this is what I want to do and this is the bike I'm going to do it with regardless of what you say or think. What comes from this is two things. One is proof that every motorcycle is capable to do anything. And two, the most important thing, is adventure. Now, whether planned or not, in these instances, adventure will happen. Well, my guest tonight is one of these people who, like me, loves Harley-Davidson's. And he also loves adventure. 
So joining me here in the V-Twin Cafe to tell us all about his YouTube channel, Million Dollar Bogan, his adventures, and his Harley-Davidson's, all the way from Australia, Mr. Danny Hayes. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to the Motorcycle Men Podcast. Here I am in the V-Twin Cafe once again, and joining me all the way from, where are you? Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, I'm talking to the future. You are 14 hours ahead of me. Daniel Hayes, Million Dollar Bogan. How you doing, sir? Do you prefer me to call you, you want me to call you Danny, right? Yes, correct. Okay, sir. How are you? How's everything? I'm really good, thanks. We're uh, in stage four lockdown, but we're, uh, we're okay. What, is this, what does stage four lockdown mean? Um, it means that we can't go out of our home for only an hour a day for exercise. Um, we have a curfew of 8 p.m., and we can only go to work if it's deemed an essential service. So my, my business is deemed an essential service. So I'm allowed out to go to work. So I'm quite lucky compared to most people. Wow. And in your work, you it's not something you can do from home. Uh, not, not really. Um, I have a number of businesses, real estate. So, um, yeah, it's I, I need to be here. Yeah, right. Exactly. You need to be in the office. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your motorcycle self and what you do? Um, look, I guess the crux of what I do is I obviously run a YouTube channel called Million Dollar Bogan. Um, and, you know, generally I go on obscure motorbike rides and take Harley Davidsons where you shouldn't take them. And I upset a lot of, and I upset a lot of people in doing so because they think, how dare I destroy a perfectly good Harley Davidson? And, and, and they keep telling me I'm on the wrong fucking motorbike. Well, guess what? I know that, you dickheads. Um, uh, the, 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 the whole idea of the vlog is the undertone is actually about perseverance, determination, and a true adventure. And, you know, it wouldn't be a true adventure if it was planned on my BMW off-road trail bike. It would be quite boring. Exactly. But to do it on... 370 kilo road king um and to take it on the beach or to go remote or to, to go where you would take let's say an off-road bike makes it very interesting and what i do is i film the drama along the way excellent yeah. really, i am yes. well i'm a proponent for doing the uh, the most outrageous thing with the most inappropriate motorcycle i am totally in favor of that and you are you're living my dream right there to do that. <laughs> so, what you tell us about Million Dollar Bogey, your YouTube channel? It's what it what, you know what it's about, you know, because you're very down to earth uh, in, in your explanation of everything you do, and the channel name suggests that you might be a little slightly maybe unsophisticated. But is, which, so, what should viewers expect? Um. The reason I call it, look, I actually regret calling it Million Dollar Bogan. Really? At least, yeah, I do. I mean, it's a catchy name. Like the, the word Bogan in Australia means like a redneck in, a, in America. Sure, yeah? sure. So, so a lot of people don't know what the word Bogan means. But I actually named the channel that way about four years ago. I got interviewed for an Australian real estate reality show. Okay. And it never, got, I got shortlisted and it never got off the ground. So I thought, so it was going to be along the lines of a million dollar listing in America. Okay. So I, I just started a YouTube channel called Million Dollar Bogan and it was a bit of a piss take out of real estate because I am quite down to earth and authentic. So in my industry, a lot of people think it's all about putting a carrot 
you know, wedging a carrot up your ass and putting a plum in your mouth and trying to act a certain way to win the business where I've always been very down to earth. So I thought I'd call my channel Million Dollar Bogan because I'm a little bit rough, a bit of a roughneck. And what happened was I was filming inside the office and filming myself selling houses and all of that, and it never really got any traction. Okay, you know, if, if anyone that started a YouTube channel, I mean, it really is the grind. It's not an easy thing, and, and no. you know, I, I, I used to I used to get friends to comment on it, so I would have some comments. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And if I if I got seven thumbs down and three up, I'd ring my friends up and say, "Can you give the blog I just released some more thumbs up?" I mean, I, I was so desperate, and I, I would get comments comments that would be banned by YouTube, and it would say. Will you allow this comment to be allowed? On? And I say yes because I think this would help the algorithm. So I was so desperate to just, you know, I mean, like most people, it took me like six months to get to 100 subscribers and I think a year and a half to get to 1,000. But what happened was I rode my road key to, I thought I was going through a marriage, my marriage was on the rocks, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to ride my road key from Melbourne all the way to the very tip of Australia and I thought I would film it along the way. And when I got back, I started editing it. And I released the first vlog. And it had like about 100,000 views in about a month. Wow. And it, and it finally snapped. It snapped. And everything I've learned on YouTube, it was about, Danny, you've got to film a trending topic. Yeah. Something, you know, like Harley Davidson is a searched word. Road King's a searched word. Custom Harley. So I started joining it all together. A good thumbnail. Good, good keywords. Good content. Bit of cinematography, bit of be real, swear, actually showcase. So then I twigged on, and so from that point on, which was only nineteen months ago, right. I put on fifty-four thousand subscribers and had now more than twelve million views on my channel. Um, so it's it's grown quite. It's growing. You know, I, I put on between one to two hundred subscribers a day now on YouTube. Really, um, that's great. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's I, I got it. So now I just stick to Harley Davidson's, and I've done all sorts of crazy things. Yeah, um, for the last nineteen months. Right. So now you're right now. You're, it seems like all your videos are motorcycle related, but it wasn't always they, was it? It wasn't always correct. They. Correct. And every now and then I'll do like in lockdown at the moment. I might do. You know, I've talked about men's mental health at times, and I mean. In some of my vlogs, I remember in my Alaska, in my Alaska vlog, I was riding through the Yukon in a hailstorm and I was crying riding. And because a lot of people that ride motorbikes, people say, you know, you can ride your troubles away. It's not really true. For me, riding a bike, particularly I'm talking about long haul riding where you're on the bike for 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. It's a time of reflection. Sure. Um, and, and it's a time to put things in perspective. So at times I do, I do, it, it, I, I get emotional because I've been through two marriages and, you know, I've had to tell my kids that their mum and dad are splitting up. But these are terrible things. And most men in their 40s, a lot of men in their 40s go through. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it is a time of reflection. And I guess I've shared that, that, that brutal honesty with the viewers. And I think that has helped held the channel in good stead. Yes. It I, mean, I see in, in the beginning, in your earlier videos, it was all about real estate. Correct. It was all about the real estate. Now, at what point did you decide to just to switch it over to just motorcycles? Well, I realized that real estate's a boring topic. And, it's not really <laughs> and you know, there's nothing that exciting about watching a guy walking around in a $2,000 pin stroop, yeah, a pinstripe suit, where Harley Davidson is, is, has a cult mass following. And I guess, yeah, it just clicked. It just clicked. I mean... It's about growing a channel, and one is I love riding. I love Harley Davidsons, 
and I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I can go on adventure really whenever I like. So, yeah, it's just a really healthy outlet for me. Oh, sure. Now, the what was your first motorcycle video? It wasn't a Harley Davidson video, though. I think it, I think it? it was I think it was a dirt bike you had. You just gotten a Yamaha something. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I've owned Harleys for the last sixteen years. Right. Um, but I probably yeah, I, I've done a few reviews on dirt bikes. Uh, I bought my ex-wife a a forty-eight bobber, and that that went viral. That I think that's at one point three million views. So wow. that was like the second video I released. Yeah. Um, and of course, the algorithm picks up. A girl with a Harley Davidson, those sort of channels do grow a lot quicker than a men's Harley right. Davidson channel. It's just that YouTube does want to push women. That's a fact. Sure. Um, not, not that I have anything against women, but no. <laughs> um, I understand. I, I, I like women. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's sort of how it is. So, so when, tell us about the Road King. When did you get that? It's a Road King special, right? Yeah, I got it about two years ago. Okay. Uh, brand new. All right. Now, did you know from the onset that you are going to subject this bike to what you did? No, <laughs> I thought I thought I'd be like your typical Harley user, which I've always been. You know, I polish it every second week. Look at the weather before I take it out. You know, if there's a mosquito on the headlight, quickly pull over and wipe it off. You know, um, all that sort of stuff. I've, I've been that sort of guy. But when I, when I did that first ride to Cape York, when I rode those 10,000 kilometres and I was in the sand, I actually realised that this is fun. Like, this is a challenge. Um, I was mentally, emotionally and physically challenged. And when you're in 44-degree heat, which is probably about 110 degrees Fahrenheit in the US, you are challenged. When you've got to think about water, where the next petrol station is, when you are remote, um, it is a little bit life and death-ish. And... I feel most alive, and I know this sounds crazy, and I'm not on a death wish, but I feel most alive when I'm closest to death. It's just the way oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I understand that completely. And you know, when you're riding a bike, your senses are so alive. I mean, you take a corner wrong, you don't see that little bit of gravel on the road, you're going to die. Yeah. You're going to come off, and you're going to either get really badly hurt or you're going to die. So it's absolute concentration. And when you're riding a 1,000 kilometers in sand on a 400-kilo road king, it is absolute concentration, and for me, it's almost like a meditative state. Wow! Now that now that was your first adventure with a, with a motorcycle, specifically the the Harley. That was your first big adventure that you did with that, right? Yep, correct. Wow! Now you you knew from the onset that you were going to be on dirt roads, you were going to be in sand, but you went for it anyway. I didn't know what to expect. A lot of my vlogs, I deliberately do not research um, because it's all about. Well, a true adventure is, is not really known. Right. And, and all these people on YouTube say, oh, you're underprepared. You should take this. You should take that. Yeah, you know what? I, I want to I figure it out. I want to – like if my, if, if my wheel snaps off, I need to work out how I'm going to get my Harley on the back of a truck and give it to some mechanic in the outback and get it repaired and then go on my adventure again. I mean, I want to figure it out. I'm looking for that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how now how did the Road King do on that ride? So I've now done 36,000 kilometres on that Road King. What's that, about 20,000 miles probably. Um, it, it, I, I just did a review because I just did a, a series called Road. Where that, that's where I rode it on the beach. And really, I mean, this bike was really <laughs> – I mean, riding through, riding through salt water is not good. Right? No, no, and, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> and I dropped it. I mean, I mean, I got bogged on the beach as the waves were coming in. But so – 
the bike, the only thing wrong with it after that trip, and it was really brutalized, was it had a loose belt. This thing, and I'm not, I don't get sponsored by Harley Davidson, but anybody thinks that they're built like shit, it does, just has not ridden like I've ridden. Yeah, and this thing is tough as anything. I have, I flipped it, span it, dropped it, dragged it down mountains, I scraped it all, and it has never, ever let me down, apart from in Central Australia where I did snap the chain, I snapped the belt in half because I was bogged in mud right down to the axle and I just kept spinning the wheel way too hard and I did snap the chain. I actually snapped the entire rear pulley off and wow. that was the end of that trip. Wow. It was hard to do. Um, but that's the only damage I've ever done to the bike. Now, how many, how many miles was that first trip? The, probably about, well, 8,000 Ks or 9,000 Ks. So what's that, 4,000 miles, 4,500 miles probably? Yeah, all right. Wow, that's a lot. And how many days did that take you? I don't remember. I'm going back nearly two years. I don't know, maybe 12 or 14. I was I was doing up to sometimes a thousand k's a day. Um, I, 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 I can't remember to be honest. I can't remember. There's so many trips; they've all been smashed into one. <laughs> yeah, you know. Now you had you had mentioned earlier that you know people would be getting on you and how you're treating your your bike and all that. But you you had an in, in one of your videos. You had an interesting philosophy about that, which was. You know, so what? You know, this is what this is the kind of adventure you want to do. Can you, can you want to explain to that, that a little bit more? Well, well, I mean, I, I, I guess well, my point is, I don't drink. I got clean and sober at nineteen. I'm a member of AA. I'm, I'm not. I don't shy away from that. So I'm nearly twenty nine years clean and sober. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't take drugs. I guess, you know, my outlet is Harley Davidson's and I like doing dangerous, obscure rides. So I'm not, I have no apologies for that. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's it's my outlet. The problem is that if let's say if, if you were riding a road king and in trouble, but let's say, for example, your pillion passenger fell off and broke their legs and you needed to get them to help and you were remote, you would ride your road king through dirt, over trees, over rocks to get from point A to point B. Right. You would do it. Yeah. And yeah. the is capable of doing it. It's not designed to do it, but it is capable of doing it. And I'm just doing that as much as I can to right. get from my A to point B. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think it makes entertaining viewing. And you have to remember, I'm trying to create entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not, not boredom. A lot of people start a YouTube channel and they go, why isn't it growing? And I think because it's boring, dude. They don't want to hear you talking. They don't want to hear you talking for 37 minutes straight. Right. Show us something, you know. You Ride your Harley off a cliff and parachute off it. That would be entertaining. <laughs> so what do you say to somebody when they chastise you for beating your Harley Davidson up? Uh, I genuinely, because there's so much hate, <laughs> David, the channel runs at about a 96% thumbs up to 4% thumbs down, which is it's quite good. Uh, look, I used to... I. I I'd say something like this. I'd say, oh, really? I thought I was on the new Pan America. That's what the guy told me when he sold it to me. I didn't realize it was a road king. Thanks for telling me. So I'll probably be a wise ass and say something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, the guy told me it was the new BMW off-road trail bike. I didn't realize it was a Harley. Thanks for telling me that. Jeez, geez, no wonder it felt a bit rough on the terrain. I mean, I'm just a smart ass, but because I, I answer the questions with the same stupidity in which they're asked. Oh, you're right, and, there you go. And I think people think that I'm a bit stupid like that, but I'm not really because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so the Road King Adventures, that wasn't that's not your only adventures. You you had a couple more, a lot more actually. Uh, tell us about your trip where you you rented a Harley Davidson in well, I guess it was India, wasn't it? And you were headed towards uh Everest? Is that where you were headed? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. If you want to watch a crazy motorbike vlog, that that's the craziest one. So yeah, I just I've never been to India before, and if you've not been to India, it is a country like no other. 1.4 billion people. Um, so I rented it in New Delhi, and I just this is no planning, no, 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 no hotel, nothing, just money, <laughs> a credit card, and a Harley Davidson, and a, and a wonky backpack, a wonky rack on the bike, and I just decided to make a V line for Mount Everest, which was about 10,000 kilometres away, and so I just took off from New Delhi, <laughs> and. <laughs> I spent, I think, the first week lost. I just kept doing circles of New Delhi. Um, <laughs> and I eventually made, got to Nepal. I crossed the border in Nepal. And then I got very sick. And the footage is quite dramatic. And I got well into the Himalayas, totally alone, one degree. Um, one point there, I, I mean, the footage speaks for itself. But I did get within 90 kilometres of the summit of Mount Everest, which I don't think has been done before on a Harley-Davidson. Um it was very, very brutal. I mean, this, I was on an 883 sports that I was literally riding up a river. There's some footage of me riding up a river. This thing was indestructible. Um, and what I did was I didn't make it, but I eventually ended up chartering a helicopter and I flew to base camp um, wearing my leather, Harley Davidson leather jacket. So I think I've got the world's, I've taken a Harley Davidson leather jacket like the highest <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I, I should have ripped the wheel off the 883 and taken that up with me. So, <laughs> so you, you rented a, a Sportster 883? From New Delhi, yeah. It's safe to say I didn't get my security deposit back. <laughs> <laughs> what year was the bike? Do you know? Um, I think it was about ooh, I think it was about eight years old. It wasn't in great condition when I picked it up. I had to get the front tyres changed. I had to get new brakes put on it, about only a 1,000 k's into the trip. Um but just, just, just quickly back to Everest, when I flew to, to base camp with the helicopter, four weeks later, because I videoed the pilot, it's all, it's all online, it's all, it's all on my YouTube channel, the footage of the pilot, uh, four weeks later, he crashed that helicopter, um, killed himself and seven people on board, the oh, exact same shot wow. I was on. So, uh, on Everest. So, very, and if you watch my footage flying up there, it was brutal, I mean... This, this Everest was the most exhilarating thing I've ever done. To, to, to land at base camp um, was, was amazing. It was just a, And I cried. I've actually, you can see me on camera crying as we flew up to 20,000 feet because the altitude just, it was so emotional, so terrifying, but so exhilarating. And if you want to know you're alive, do something like that. Like, just do that stuff. It's just amazing. Wow. So base camp was 20,000 feet? I think it's eighteen and a half thousand feet. Oh crap! Wow, damn! And did you? I bet you wish you did have the Sportster up there. That would have been a, that would have been a hell of a trip down. <laughs> I would have needed an oxygen mask. <laughs> yeah, you can hardly breathe. It's only fifty percent oxygen, so you do go a little bit insane. <laughs> what other trips have you had aside from that one? Uh, I went to the Arctic. So we picked up our me and David Parry, my offsider. We picked up our bikes in um, Seattle. And we rode all the way from Seattle all the way to a place called Dead Horse, which is the northernmost part um, you can go to in Alaska. They said you can't ride a Harley Davidson there. We did it easily. Um, and we had a lot of antics along the way. Um, you know, we rode through the Yukon and 
Um, so that I think that took us about maybe about three or four weeks on the road um, there and back. Um, so that was good fun. Um, got some incredible, you know, saw some bears. Um, you know, we, we had bear, me and David used to bear spray each other, and we, we bought a replica gun. We had a bit of fun with that because in <laughs> Australia we're not allowed to do that. In Australia, if you get if you get caught with a slingshot, I think you get twenty five years jail. So Australia is quite. <laughs> Australia is a little bit different than the US. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, what, but, what did what did you rent in Alaska? What kind of bike did you get? Yeah, we both rented Road Kings. Again with the Road Kings. Wow. <laughs> David David lost all his security deposits. So he crashed his about eight times. Where I didn't crash mine once. So <laughs> I guess you got your security deposit back, right? <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. All right. Now tell us about the monkey trip. You you took a Honda monkey. Now, where did you go with that? Yeah, I bought a, hunky, a Honda monkey bike, which is obviously a little 125cc thing. Um, so I rode it from Melbourne all the way across Australia to Perth, which I think is about 4,000 k's. And then I was in Perth about seven hours, and then I turned around and rode it all the way back, uh, pretty much nonstop. Um, so I, did, I ended up doing, I think, about nearly 9,000 k's on that monkey bike. And I raised, I would release vlogs along the way. And, and I was trying to raise $100,000 for men's mental health, um, and I did it. We raised about $103,000. Um, no, I was, I was just saying, yeah, so we raised yeah, 100 grand for men and, and to help men not suicide. It was, you know, it's for men's mental health. And that was a – so the, the YouTube community supported me and David. Um, and, of course, I released some incredible footage of going across the Great Australian Bike. We also took the monkey bike down cliffs, and, I, we, I mean, we flipped them, we, we wrecked them, we destroyed them. I mean, you just cannot kill a Honda. Um, and again, you know, we were doing burnouts on them and, and riding over rocks. And I mean, I went totally off road on this thing. Well, I think it's um, a, I think it's a great gas mileage too. So that helped out. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cheap. To, about three dollars to fill up. <laughs> uh, I, were they just that? Was that trip just as fun as your Road King trip, or more? Um. I think when I travel with David Parry, it's always more fun. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I started off doing my vlogs alone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's fun with David. And one is I, I don't like to travel with people because, like, people always want to ride with me. Oh, you know. But, like, David knows his place within the vlog. Like, he'll just – I need someone to just do what I want when I want and, and just – like, I don't need someone to go, oh, I don't want to go here. It's too dangerous. Or let's not do that. That's stupid. David's not like that. He's like, he's like, you're the boss. I right. get it. You just, need, you just need a shadow is what you need. Absolutely. I need someone to get the coffee. And because David, you know, he's, he's clearly not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> as, as long as he can get the coffee and just say nothing, I'm happy to have him along. <laughs> Perfect. I want to talk. I want to talk about. The Harley Davidson dealer that you bring your bike to. What, what's the name of that Harley Davidson dealer? It's called Geelong Harley Davidson. Geelong Harley and, Davidson, and your guy that you always work with there, Colin. He's the owner. Yes, he's the owner. Uh, you must drive him insane. <laughs> well, one engineer to another. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> Colin, I, I think. I mean, being serious about my YouTube channel, I think I've been able to pick characters that, like David Parry and Colin. I'm I'm very careful. Colin 
He's very dry. And the humour behind Million Dollar Bogan, it is a comedy channel, and people need to remember that. I'm a, if I can make you laugh, then that's what it's about. And I know a lot of my demographic is men, and a lot of men struggle with depression and mental illness and whatnot, particularly in their 40s. If you're going to get divorced and feel depressed and feel like necking yourself, it's going to be in your 40s. Um, you know, so Colin is very dry. David's very dry. And me and Colin are good friends, but I am not mechanically minded at all. I mean, I do not – I'm ne certainly not an engineer. Um, and, I mean, Colin just – we milk that, I guess. We milk that. But – Nothing's ever, nothing's ever scripted. We never plan anything. Um, so that's really important for anyone that wants to grow a YouTube channel and wants to have a sense of reality about it. Right. I mean, right. don't plan it. You've got to be real. And Colin's very real. He, he's politically incorrect. He doesn't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> half, the stuff, half the stuff I can't even put in there because he's just too, it's too wrong, you know. Um, so I have to delete it out. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll get barred on YouTube. <laughs> That's a shame because I'd look forward to see. I'd seen some of that oh. stuff. <laughs> oh my god! What the, what do they say to you when you bring the Road King in each time? Well, well, well listen to this. The detailer no longer speaks to me because of what I did to it on the last road trip. He was just he had a go at me. He actually said, "You're just you just don't give a shit about your motorbike. You totally wrecked that." He said, "When you rode that in the ocean, I just had lost all respect for you." <laughs> so. <laughs> So the head detail, so last time they repaired, well, they just tightened the belt and just went over it. They refused to detail it because it was so, you know, I had dits in it. I'd smashed in the tank. But the bike mechanically is A1. But generally I get along with all the guys there really well. Yeah. Um, and they they know what I'm about. They know that I'm going to ride this thing hard. I mean, we, we, we put special all-terrain tyres on a road kick. We had to change the rims to get these tyres on. So, you know, and the Road King on this trip, because I had the different tyres on, was like a different machine. I mean, the, the enduro tyres as opposed to the slick, the, the, the normal road tyres, which I had on my first trip to Cape York, it was like night and day. So anyone that wants to ride their Road King down cliffs, my advice to you is get some enduro tyres put on it. <laughs> yeah, that's something that uh, most Harley dealers would probably like shake their head at, that's for sure. Uh, now, you have... <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. Now you have you have them working on your latest project, which is your Sportster Forty Eight. Yes. Now, want to tell us about that? Well, what it, originally it had a different purpose, and you've changed that purpose now. So, tell us about that. Yeah. So I bought it back off my ex-wife, um, and I, I sort of yeah. So I wanted to build a bike that was more suited to off-road. And it's not that I just want to do normal off-road stuff. There's a sand dune in the middle of Australia in very, very desolate area, a place called the Simpson Desert. Now, this gets very hot. We're talking 45 to 50 degrees. So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but that's got to be 110, 120. I don't At know. At least, yes. Very, very, very hot. There's a sand dune called Big Red. Now, this is the biggest sand dune in Australia, and four-wheel drives find it a challenge to conquer it. And a lot of them can't make it up it because it's just so steep. So I thought I would build my motorbike, the 48, and turn it into a scrambler. And my next adventure is to try and conquer that on the 48. However, it has been modified. Uh-huh. <laughs> How has it been modified, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've had a jet turbine engine put into it with a turbo. Oh, no way. Really? 
No, that's total bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No. Uh, no. So we've had new suspension put on. So, for example, um, and I'm giving a bit of the vlog away here, but we've extended the swing arm by four inches. Um, we've got total mud ties on it. So what are they called? Dirt road, dirt mm-hmm. track ties on it, not enduros. These are full knobbies right. that have been put on it. We've got special suspension put on it. The bike's been lifted up. Um, we've had we've got rid of the belt and put a chain on it, so the gearing's very high. So this bike has an incredible amount of torque. This thing is off the chain, um, and it's more being built in a motocross style bike. But it's mm-hmm. it's a forty eight. Right. So at the moment, it's in the paint shop being painted. Colin has no idea. So so we've had aluminium uh, dirt bike dirt bike rims put on it, um, so it's a lot lighter. And this thing is an absolute. You can flip it. It's powerful, and I mean, I can ride. I mean, I can ride a, a, a four hundred kilo road king. So for me, on this little forty eight, um, you know, I, I will. I'm going to plow through. I think I'll do big red easily. Um, yeah, I'm going to wear a parachute. So when I get to the top, I'm going to ride off the top of it and parachute off the off the forty eight. No, so you're not. No, you're uh, not. <laughs> I, I thought about it, then I. <laughs> Now, have you have you been to Big Red? No. You have not been there. Uh, so no no you, idea, and I don't, I don't really know much about it, and that's the whole the beauty of the whole vlog. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I thought maybe you might want to take a trip out there and just look at it. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I want to see it and then go, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you going to ride uh, the bike there and then do it, or no. are you gonna, you're going to trailer it? No, no. So, so David Parry has a massive, big, like F one hundred massive Ute with an extended tray. So he's bringing his motorbike, and we're strapping my motorbike into the back. And we're going to do a road trip in his great big Ute um, into the Simpson Desert. Then we're going to take extra fuel. And David, David Parry's bike's going to have all panniers, and he's going to be like the the bike that carries the fuel and all the supplies. And then we're going to ride about five or six hundred k's to Big Red. And then do the adventure and then ride back to the truck. So it's going to be like half riding, half in the truck to get the bike there. So I just, I can't ride a bike with knobbies, you know, three and a half thousand Ks because I'll be worn out by the time I get to Big Red. I understand. Uh, now, when you get there, how many attempts are you going to make before you say, okay, this is just insane? Well, well, if people know me, I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I, and I swear to God this, if I can't make it, I will skull drag the 48 up the form of David's four-wheel drive whilst I'm holding on to it lying on the ground. I give you my word, I will get up big red on that Harley Davidson, make no mistake. Oh, but I great. Will, I will not leave big red. If I've, got to, if I've got to pull it apart and carry each individual bit up and skull drag the motor up, I'll do it. <laughs> and then put it back together when you get up there. But, well, but well, it's... I'm not an engineer. So. <laughs> That's right. I, I might just roll a wheel down it. You'll see a wheel roll down. <laughs> I'd be really, very curious to see what you're going to do when you get up to the top. Are you gonna if you're gonna ride down, or what you're gonna do? That, That's what that's what I'm very curious about. I'm gonna do massive burnouts. I'm gonna ride down it. I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna do. I'll, I'll have the drone following me, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. The most important thing is, and I take this seriously, is I try to capture. Just incredible drone footage, um, and I really want to, I really want to, really just showcase something, some, how beautiful Australia is. So as well as conquer Big Red, I think 
you know, having the drone set to act, active track, which means it'll follow me whilst I'm attempting this. Plus, I'll have a couple of cameras strapped to the bank, uh, to, sorry, to the bike. Um, it's important that I, I capture good quality footage. I love, I tell you what, I do love your drone footage. It's some of the best drone footage I've seen. Now, what, what drone are you using? You've had several. I, yeah, this is, honestly, hand on heart, this is drone number 23. Uh, I've spent... Yeah, yeah, two and a half thousand dollars a drone to so do the math, but I always use the Mavic Two Pro, the DJI Mavic Two Pro. Um, it's my favourite drone, and um, yeah, I've been through a lot of drones. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a couple of them get caught in trees and things like that. Um, have you lost any completely, like where you never got it back? One hundred, yeah, totally. Well, in the Himalayas, I mean, I was only two days in India. And I flew the drone up and, and I hit power lines and it went into the bush and I spent a whole day looking for it and still couldn't find it. That was a brand new drone. That was day two. Then I had to drive a thousand kilometers through India to get to a drone shop to buy another one. I mean, that was all part of the adventure. Yeah. I, I, I remember putting a drone on a jet ski once to take a photo of it and the jet ski, a wave came and started rocking the jet ski and the drone just fell in the salt water. That was the end of the drone. <laughs> wow. so, I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something funny I'll tell you something funny I remember I got a brand new drone once and I was, I was seeing how far it could go because it has this thing in it where it automatically tells you to turn around and come back otherwise the battery's going to die right so I flew it out to the ship and it said turn around the, the alarm came on and I ignored it this was a brand new drone and my wife at the time was in the car watching and then I turned around a little bit too late and then it landed in the water so I lost the drone and I just remember walking back to the, the car, walking really slowly with my head bowed, just holding the remote. And my wife said, where's the drone? And I just said, don't ask, let's go. And it's just, it's just in the ocean, gone. <laughs> I've done that a number of times. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I'm laughing. Have you ever tried to see how high it can go before it just doesn't go any further? It yeah. can only go 500 meters. Oh, that's it, really? Oh, that's a yeah, shame. Yeah, and by law, you're only supposed to, to fly to 120 metres. So if you've seen any of my footage, it's always at 120 metres. I've never gone up 120. <laughs> right. Of course you haven't. <laughs> so what else can we expect from Million Dollar Bogan uh, beyond the Big Red Adventure? So so once I get out of COVID, I'm virtually going to uh, do motorblogging full-time. Um, so... The first trip I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Tasmania and me and David Perry get a tour of Tasmania. That'll only take about a week. Then we're going to go and do Big Red, uh, go to the Simpson Desert. Then I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go to the US and I'm going to, me and David Perry are going to do Route 66. But yes. We're going to do it our way. Yes. We're going to do it our way. Good. And I'm going to meet up with some fans along the way and probably drop into some Harley Davidson dealerships, which would be really cool. Yeah. Then I want to go to Scotland and I want to try and find, it's going to be called The Hunt for Loch Ness on a Harley Davidson. Um, <laughs> see if we can find Loch Ness. Um, Perfect. And, and I really want to do North America as well. Um, so, you know, there's a lot There's a lot planned, but again, we're just, we're in these corona restrictions, restrictions and once they're uplifted, I am selling an airplane out of Australia. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. Let's talk about your videos for a second. How much time do you spend on each video, preparing it, editing, and before you kick okay. it out? Okay. I just want to say this. Editing really is the key yeah. to putting quality content. I'm not saying that my content is is the best out there, 
but certainly compared to some other motor bloggers. I'll give you an example. Some, and I won't use any names here because I want to be respectful. And um, But some motor bloggers might have 200,000 subs, but they release a motor blog and they only have 10,000 views. I only have 55,000 subscribers, but I can release a motor blog and within 24, 36 hours, it gets 30,000 views. So my engagement is very, very high, which is good. That's what you want. Sure. Um, and, and people say to me, and, and I really want people to understand this because this is so important. People say, oh, Danny, who does your editing? You know, why don't you outsource your editing? You have to understand editing is everything. Editing's like this. If I was to give, editing's like, I can have a canvas in front of me, have the best paints, the best brush, but if you don't have the right artist using those brush and paints exactly. to paint, it means nothing. Exactly. So editing is, so I could give you all the footage of a trip, you could edit it your way, and I would edit it the Danny Hayes way. We would have two different looking motor blogs. So, so editing is an expression of myself. Now, editing used to take me, for every minute you watched, would be an hour. So if I released a 20-minute blog, there'd be 20 hours of editing. That would include looking for the right music. So extremely, and I'm a perfectionist, so very, very um, intense, particularly with the overseas motor blogs. Some of the, the, the Indian blog, if you watch the intro into the Indian blog, there's about 20 different snapshots of the whole trip. I mean, that, that, that took just that first 90 seconds took about 15 hours to do. Um, so, but... You know, I'm roughly down to about 20 to 30 minutes for every minute now, so a lot less. So, you know, if it's a 20-minute blog, I can do it in 10 hours. Um, but, again, I do look for the right music. I try and capture emotion. So, and and what I'm trying not to do is, and, and all if any motor blogs are listening to this or, or up-and-coming ones, what I try and do is I count one, two, three, four, change, one, two, three, four, change, always be changing scene. Because that's what's keeping things interesting. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Don't stand in front of the camera and just talk boring shit. Yeah. People don't want Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. You've got to create a story. And I've got to add this to it too. Don't get obsessed by what camera do you have? I need the best gear. It's all bullshit. Most of the stuff I film is on a GoPro. Um, and you can edit a GoPro post. And, and the GoPro has a number of settings. Linear, wide and super wide. You can capture all different views with it. Um, it's got great inbuilt stabilization, and, and I, GoPro don't sponsor me, but I just find a GoPro easy because you can whip it out and it's there. Yeah. I can clamp, I can clamp it onto my motorbike. I can stick it down my jacket to get a front, you know, a, a front person view. I can put it on one of my crash bars to get a view there. I can hold it above my head. I can hold it behind me. It's just I can. I always carry about ten batteries in my pocket, a massive memory card. And I'm good to go. A drone and a GoPro, and you can motor vlog. Absolutely, I, I love the way you put your videos together, and you you could tell that you actually take the time, and you really you really devote yourself to it, and just just some great footage that you, comes out of your stuff all of the time. So, how can people learn more about you, your channel, and your business, and, and your book? Tell us about your book, also. Um, I, I wrote a book about. Four years ago, it's called So You Wanna Be a Real Estate Superstar. Um, so I'm just about just to let you know, I'm about to release merchandise in about two or three weeks. Awesome. So I, I've sold um, I've sold nearly what am I up to? Nearly five thousand copies of my book. Actually, you can't see it, but there it is. There, there. it is, right there. Yeah. Um, it's it's an autobiography about how I became successful in real estate. 
and how I went from making about 60 grand a year as a social worker to nearly a million dollars a year um, in, in only five years. So year five, I made yeah, just a tad under a million bucks. And I talk about how I did that. Um, and, and I come from very humble beginnings. I grew up in a caravan with my parents. We emigrated here. My mum was a process worker and my dad worked at Ford. So, and I left school in year 10. So I guess it's a book about that. It's how bad do you want it? Because if you want it bad enough, you can do anything. And I guess that's been, that's what my motorblog's about. And that's really who I am as a human being. Um, you know, I only finished year 10 in school. Now I was 16 when I left school. So I, I'm not, I'm not highly educated, but the number plates of my Ferrari are YR10, which stands for year 10. That, that's a very low level of leaving school. It sort of says, fuck you to education. It's not that I don't like educated people. What I'm trying to say is you don't need to be intellectually smart to make money. I probably am bright and more street smart, and, and that's made me money. Do you know what I'm saying? I understand completely, yes. And people said to me, you can't write a book. You know, you don't have a publisher. No one will... And guess what? No one would publish my book. So I self-published it. It cost me $5 a book to, to make. I sell it for $30 a book, and I've made over $100,000 just by writing my own book. I there mean, they said you can't do it. I just went and did it. That's you know right. What I mean? So it's about not listening to the itty-bitty shitty community, that tape that says you can't do it. Right. I just tell that. To, I say that. I say, fuck off. I'm going to do it. Exactly. And so, you know, I'm going to do it. So that's sort of been the journey of my life, and I continue on that today. But I am going to release merchandise, so that will be on my YouTube channel, which is Million Dollar Bogan, or on my Facebook page, which is Million Dollar Bogan. <laughs> so you'll find it all there. Excellent. Um, anything else? Any any kind of uh, advice or uh, something you want to tell our, our listeners before you leave? If I come to the US, because I'm quite short at five foot six, I'd really like a hot, petite, blonde, if you'd want to ride shotgun with me, touring on Route 66. Me and David Parry thought that you would have a good-looking, short, petite, blonde. That would really help with the cinematography. Uh, um, so I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I'll pay for everything. They don't have to pay for nothing. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, you never know, right? You never know. Um, well, Danny, I want to thank you very much for being on the podcast. You've been an absolute joy to have on. We, I really enjoy your videos and I'm, I'm going to have links to everything in the show notes uh, so that everybody can go check out your stuff. And I encourage everyone to go watch Danny's videos. They're absolutely f fantastic. They're wonderful. Danny, again, thank you very much for being, joining me here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining me and Danny here on the podcast where we talked about the Million Dollar Bogan YouTube channel and his adventures on and off the bike. To learn more about Danny, you can go to his YouTube channel and or to his Facebook page to learn more. I will put links in the show notes and, of course, on the Motorcycle Men website, and there will be direct links to everything Danny does on the website. So don't forget to check out our fellow podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, and vloggers out there whose links you will find on our links page. Now, all of these media outlets and many more out there do great things to promote and encourage our sport and our passion. So this has been the Motorcycle Men Podcast, and I am Ted, your host. Thank you very much for listening. And remember, we say stupid crap 
so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids. 